Welcome to St. James United Methodist Church, a church on the west end of Alexandria. We're not currently in the worship center. Uh, this is a live stream of worship, the experience of uh, the beginning of our first in our series about gratitude in the month of November. And as we begin the Attitude of Gratitude series, we invite you to prepare yourself to be thankful, to talk about the things that make us thankful over the next three weeks. This first week, we're talking about ancestors. Oftentimes, the church thinks of those as saints who laid the foundation uh, for our faith, people who came before us. For me, it's going to be ancestors in all senses, not just limited to those who laid the, ground, the foundations for our faith, but all ancestors who created for us uh, the space to be who we are right now. Welcome. We are so delighted to have you join us. Yes, uh, this is Monday that I'm coming to you live and not Sunday. We had a slight user error and our worship experience ended in the middle of my message yesterday. And so today I'm coming to you live uh, to bring uh, an abbreviated form, we hope, of what we experienced yesterday as we talk about the attitude of gratitude that shapes our ancestors. I'm James Henry, the pastor at St. James, and I'll be bringing the message today, as well as inviting you to take a moment now to center yourself. We won't have all the other pieces of worship uh, today, since it's just me, but um, I want us to take a moment to catch our breath, and I want us to practice a form of gratitude. I want you to picture for yourself someone who has been an ancestor to you. Now, that person could be uh, your parents, uh, and, and they could still be alive, quite frankly. Both of mine are. They could be grandparents that you remember fondly, or uh, they were a mixed bag like all human beings were. They could be um, a teacher, someone who kind of laid the foundation and groundwork. It could be a great, 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 great grandparent that you have never seen, an ancestor who, because they existed and chose to live the way they did, you exist. But I want you to imagine, close your eyes with me for a moment, and imagine that they're just over your right shoulder. And maybe you have another one that's, that you can picture in your mind. And if you can't picture any of them in picture form, you can kind of blur them out, I suppose, and put them over your shoulder. And imagine that they came before you and that even now, even now, through the DNA they passed on to you, through your sense of presence and connection to them, uh, the words they may have literally spoken into your life or that they spoke into some great, great, great uh, grandparent's life all the way down and those words came to you in another form. But imagine for just a moment that they are cheering you on because 
it wasn't a foregone conclusion that you'd be here. But you are now. And because you're here, they're thankful for what they did. And they're cheering you on and encouraging you. Oftentimes in the church, we describe that as the great cloud of witnesses that we are surrounded by. So for a moment, imagine that great cloud of witnesses that surround you, that are cheering you on even in this moment. And as you think about them cheering you on and encouraging you, take just a moment to be thankful. Maybe as a way of thank being thankful, you might put your hands across your chest. You might even rock yourself a bit, imagining one of those uh, ancestors rocking you, holding you, encouraging you, inviting and pressing you to be courageous and moving forward. For all those ancestors, be thankful. Feel the thankfulness. Breathe in a sense of thankfulness. And release out a sense of that gratitude into the world. Bringing forward what your ancestors passed on to you. Ancestors of faith. Ancestors in all sorts of ways gave to you. Breathe in your thankfulness and breathe out that thankfulness into the world and let it shape the moments that come together, that come together. All right. As I began to prepare for today's message, the story of two of my ancestors what I know of them came to my mind. I knew my grandmother on my mother's side. Uh, she, in fact, lived with us, came to live with us at the tail end of my high school years, and lived with us through uh, much of my college years until she passed away. My father's mother died uh, much earlier when I was younger. Uh, but the two about whom uh, I, I am thinking today are ones, uh, one that I met for a brief period of time and one I never got to meet, my mother's father, who I uh, never got to meet. He died when my mom was 12. I have given him the name Papa Eddie. I have no idea what I would have called him, uh, but... For me, his first name is Edward, like my middle name, and so I think of him when I think about uh, when I when I think about my ancestors, Papa Eddie, and he was a Methodist pastor. Now, in my sacred space, where I sit every day, all spaces are sacred. I've said this many times before: all spaces are sacred. But I keep these pictures right there. This is Papa Eddie. And yes, the reflection is not so good, but there we go. This is Papa Eddie. He was a Methodist pastor in New York on Long Island. And I am told stories that uh, he was an engaging preacher. 
I even have a couple of copies of the notes from a couple of his sermons. Uh, that he was a bit of a workaholic, that he was deeply engaged, didn't know how to disengage sometimes, just worked very long hours because of what he believed in. Uh, one of the stories of him that my grandmother repeatedly told me, the one that came to live with us, was that they would go on vacation in the summer, and when they were on vacation, he was all with uh, my grandmother and my mom, hanging out with them. And her recollection is, as they would come back from vacation after about three weeks, she said it was a long vacation, and he came back over the hill to where they could see the parsonage where they lived, he, uh, she would turn to him and in her way say, goodbye, I'll see you next vacation, knowing that he was going to be deeply engaged in that. This is the one I called Dawes. I briefly knew him. In fact, that little guy sitting right there in the picture is me on the floor. I don't know who Dawes is talking to, but this is a picture of the two of us. Now, he, uh, he was an ambulance driver in World War I, and in World War II, he had a very important part to play in uh, communications, uh, a part that we don't know much about because it was secret. Uh, but we know that that's a part that he played. He was very into innovation and cool uh, technology kinds of innovation. Papa Eddie was kind of into churchy innovation. Uh, long before they had invented air conditioning, he would get blocks of ice from the ice guy, turn fans on to blow the air across the ice to cool down the worship center. So they were both kinds of innovators, and I am told that in many ways I bear some resemblance to them, that there are some, not just a physical resemblance, but more of a, uh, of a sense of connection. And so Dawes and Papa Eddie are two of my ancestors for whom I'm deeply thankful for. Um, now, if we're really honest, we don't think a lot about ancestors. Once a year, we think about those who've died in the last year, Sometimes, for those of you who are really grieving, um, at Christmas time, at Thanksgiving, on the birthdays of those that you loved, you may think about the ancestors. But uh, being thankful for and appreciative of who they made you to be, who they encouraged you to be, uh, whether they did so literally and through their words or just by the fact that they passed on uh, whether it was their DNA or their faith or their wisdom, like a teacher or someone else might have, they passed it on. Now, if we're being really honest about it too, and I said this in, um, when the sermon was live the first time yesterday, um, a lot of other cultures are better at honoring uh, uh, the dead, those who've gone before, Spanish sisters and brothers, Dios de los Muertes, um, uh, our African uh, siblings, very good at remembering the ancestors, uh, particularly those who during the Middle Passage uh, were enslaved and brought from Africa to the United States. Uh, that Middle Passage uh, and the agony that went on in there, there's a lot of remembrance of those who laid the uh, pathways uh, the, for where we are today in their in their folks, folks of African descent. 
and a little bit about uh, folks um, of Asian descent oftentimes remember and honor those who sort of laid the foundation for their faith as well, whatever that faith may be. White folks remember the big name people, but not always the ones who were just in their history. And we don't do too well when the message about those who came before is mixed. We always want to idealize those who came before us, uh, whether they are the ancestors of faith or the ancestors in DNA. I'm told that some of my ancestors were a little uh, on the edge of the law, played a little bit, uh, maybe a few bootleggers and others in the past uh, as well. Uh, immigrants, we're all pretty much immigrants, aren't we? Uh, but those who paved the way for us to be here today, it seemed like to me it's really important for us to be thankful. So I'm, I'm using a passage today uh, from a translation of the Bible, the First Nations Version. And uh, our, our indigenous sisters and brothers are also fairly good about being thankful for the ancestors, for those who laid the groundwork for them to be themselves, who they are today. So I want to read to you from the First Nations version, translation of, uh, of Hebrews chapter 12. It's uh, one of the letters in the New Testament, the general letters, and I'll begin with verse 1. Uh, this section is entitled, A Great Cloud of Truth-Tellers. We've often heard a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, just think, if you need to translate it in your mind, the truth-tellers as witnesses. We are surrounded by a great cloud of truth-tellers who have shown us what it means to trust the Great Spirit. So let us lay to the side everything that weighs us down and the broken ways that so easily wrap around our legs to trip us. And let us run as if we are in a long-distance race, setting a steady pace and heading toward the goal. This means we must keep our eyes on Jesus, the trailblazer of our spiritual ways, the one who was first to reach the end of the trail. The joy that lay before him gave him the strength to suffer on the cross and willingly bear its shame. He now sits at Creator's right hand in a place of greatest honor. When we think about those who came before us, I, I, I want us to, I, I hate to divide and conquer. It's uh, not, not even sure I like that phrase at all. But oftentimes on an All Saints Sunday, this past, this past uh, Tuesday, November the 1st, is All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is a day when we celebrate those who have gone before us and laid the groundwork for our faith and otherwise. Uh, those who raised us, those who were leaders in the faith and taught us and helped us, and it's a way of honoring those who came before us. But so often it's all about people who were in uh, people of faith or people in our immediate uh, remembrance that we are honoring on All Saints Day. But I want, us, I want us to think together, if you will, about other ancestors, like our parents. I'm very fortunate 
that both of mine are still alive. And I bear their DNA. If it hadn't been for mom and dad meeting each other, falling in love, getting married, I would not be here. Their DNA is passed on to me. I'm convinced, you know, when I look at my life and I think of my intelligence, the way I think, uh, how I value life and the world in which we live, I think of them because they shaped and they formed me. They weren't perfect. They aren't perfect. None of us are. But I am who I am because of them. I am who I am because of them. And I honor them. I honor them, mom and dad. I honor them because of who they are now and who they have been and how they taught me to be me. And how that gave me a safe space to begin to explore the much wider world. And because of them, I am to, I'm me. I'm me. And I'm really thankful for that. I am thankful for that. But also my grandparents. You know, I told you, sometimes I even talk aloud. Whatever you think about it, I talk aloud to, to Papa Eddie and Daz while I'm sitting in my spiritual space. What would you have thought about this now? Or do I really need to do that kind of thing? What kind of innovation, what kind of way can I truly bear witness in this world? Uh, what would you have done? And I, neither one of them lived in a time exactly like this, but I talked to them and I'm thankful for them. I also, I also besides the DNA I received from all of these ancestors of mine, I think about also, in addition to the DNA that made me who I am, I think about the people of faith. I think about, at the very least, I think about Jesus. Uh, even the writer of this passage in Hebrews wants us to remember Jesus, who set his eyes uh, down the road and recognized that, yes, there would be suffering involved. Yes, it would be challenged. But he set a steady pace, trusting in the God who loved him, who was his father. He put his trust and he set that pace. And we can look to him as one who is the author of our faith. We often look to him and we think of him as, there are words we lose, use like savior, son of God, son of man, uh, son, you know, true human being, whatever. All of these different phrases have powerful meanings, certainly. But he laid the groundwork for who we can be as people of faith. He laid it by willingly showing us that love looks like a willingness to stop and be present with people. Love looks like a willingness to give your life away if that's the only way to show how much uh, love there is, to give your life away. And he did it both figuratively in the way that he lived his everyday life, giving it away to those who needed him and needed to be made whole again and needed to find wholeness in their lives and those who needed to be taught and to learn and to grow and to become. He did that in a figurative way, giving his life away, but he also gave it away when he faced death, literal, physical death. He modeled for us what faith looks like. And it's because of him and then his disciples 
uh, also our ancestors in faith, who began to pass down the stories about who he was and what they learned about the stories. Isn't it worth celebrating to think of the person you are today because of all those who've come before? And you don't have to limit it to those who passed on their DNA to you, like your uh, parents, uh, grandparents, great-great-grandparents, all that kind of thing. It can be teachers who spoke into your life, truths that reminded you of how valuable and important you are. It could be a, a pastor. I'm convinced uh, uh, some of my ancestors in faith that I could mention who are not members of my immediate household include, uh, I, I, think, I, I think of several, uh, but I could think of Reverend Bartholomew. Uh, he was perhaps one of the best preachers I ever heard. And what made him really good was the authentic way that he took the, his own brokenness from life and made it real. It, it blended with the stories of Scripture in such a way that it drew, it drew me in. He was the most powerful preacher I heard in my home church. There was a life and an authenticity, a transparency to the way that he preached. Before him, it was, uh, it was Reverend Potts, Reggie Potts. Uh, both of them have gone on to the cloud of witnesses. But Reverend Potts um, was the one who drew me to become an acolyte in the local church, lighting the candles, helping serve, and being a part of what uh, happened in worship on Sunday mornings. And he was the one who taught my confirmation class, taught me what faith really is, um, at least the, uh, the, all the various doctrines that make us Methodist. He taught those. And, uh, and I sensed in him the way he talked to me. And he's one of those few people who could still get away with it when he would see me at annual conference in years gone by. He's now dead, but when he would see me, he would still call me Jamie. Uh, in my home church, a lot of people call me Jamie. Very few still call me James. The ones who are still alive from when I was a child call me Jamie. And he would call me Jamie. But on a Sunday when no one would be available to be the acolyte on that Sunday, I can still remember he would come to me after Sunday school. He'd know which Sunday school class I was in. He came to me and say, Jamie, could you be the acolyte this Sunday? And so sure, sure I was. But those predecessors to me in faith laid the groundwork. Uh, I want to say not all of our ancestors are older than we are. I think of how my children taught me so much, Hannah and Joshua. I think of my younger sister. Uh, I think of my little brother. And each one of them in their own way has taught me something about faith. Quite frankly, I'm, in many ways, almost everyone I encounter teaches me something. I am surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and I'm not alone. So are you. And it is because of them I am who I am. And you are who you are. The ones that have laid the groundwork for you. Who, through courage and perseverance, gave you the gift, perhaps, of faith, or the gift, 
perhaps of life or of your DNA, your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your looks. Uh, you know, I, I think of the, the wide diversity that our God falls madly in love with in this universe, all of the different types of stars and nebula and galaxies. And here on Earth, all the colors of skin and places of origin and genders and all of the rest, God just is madly in love, madly in love with us. It's because of this uh, sense. I believe God has been waiting since the Big Bang. For me, it's since the Big Bang, since 13.8 billion years ago, give or take. For us to rise up, God dreamed that folks like us would be here, that we would be here, and, and that we would share in that sense of connection to all that is in and through this God. God dreamed of you, and it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion you'd make it, that you'd be here. Look at all the risks God took in the, in the midst of it. Human beings are a fickle group. And yet God, through this beautiful evolutionary process, brought us into being. And here we are. Here we are. And we've made all sorts of mistakes. And we're making some pretty big mistakes these days. But all along, that dream dragged forward in the tenuous thread of the possibilities of humanity kept burgeoning and blossoming and growing, and we still have a lot of potential if we could respond. And that's the God that hangs on. That's why you are infinitely precious. You are unconditionally loved for the gift you already are because you are who God made you to be. Isn't that pretty amazing? Isn't that something worth being thankful for? For all those who made you possible, the teachers and, the, and your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents and all those others that have come before, and people of faith who shared their story, good and bad, mistake and not, because none of us is perfect, and yet somehow that shaped the way you received the gift of faith and how it has shaped you as the person you are. Perhaps in, in my best moments, I could be an ancestor of faith of someone, sharing not only my DNA as my children share, but, uh, but perhaps this love, this infinite preciousness that I've learned. So be thankful. The attitude of gratitude you can cultivate for yourself is an attitude connected to the God who through this long and twisted process of stars and creation and evolution and love made you. Thanks be to God. You are infinitely precious and unconditionally loved. Don't forget it. Take it to heart. Remember 
that you are a gift. Remember that and be thankful for all those who made you the gift you are. All the ancestors related to you by blood and not. Take some time this week, moment by moment, and be thankful for those who came before. If, like me, you have some pictures of some of those ancestors, put them somewhere where you can see them. If they're in an old scrapbook, brush it off. Get the scrapbook out. If all you have is pictures in your mind, bring those pictures up. And if you don't even have pictures in your mind, just be thankful for all who have made your way possible. Beginning in God and passing down through lines of faith and lines of uh, blood and DNA throughout time itself. You are who you are because of it. I'm so thankful. And I'm thankful that you joined us today. And now, as, as we're about to leave and because I'm the, um, the only person and I'm not even wearing a St. James shirt, shocking to many of you, uh, as we end this time together, let me say a word of blessing to you. You are already blessed. And though I cannot physically see you through this screen in our online community, know this, you are a blessing. You are a blessing not only to yourself, but to all who, you can be a blessing to all who will encounter you. So go be blessed by the fact that through the annals of history, you came to be. And that you are an embodiment of love. You can be that in this world. Go and be that in the name of the one who made you, who burns passionately as a fire within you, and who is with you even in the most challenging moments of your life. Go in peace and love and grace and courageously be thankful to your ancestors and thankful as you pay it forward. Go in peace.